0: Hey, that's you guys, isn't it? The church. Isn't it wonderful to be a part of the church? Oh, God. Ah! That, that was about, that went about as bad as it could go, I think, right there. Well, we'll just move on, okay? Hey, we got to come to church without it raining on us today. That's good, isn't it? Uh, okay. Alright, y'all are, alright, that's where we're, that's how we're gonna roll today. Alright, I can... That's, that's good enough. Hey, listen, it is good to to see everybody today. I, I don't know if you noticed quite a bit of difference on our stage. We have a, a good bit of our worship team uh, today is in Zimbabwe. They got there at the beginning of the week. They've been leading some conferences, ministering in the church, and doing the work of the gospel. They've had a, a great week, and so we want to keep them in our prayers. And uh, we had a team leave yesterday for Nicaragua, which probably means that right now they're worshiping in Spanish. And uh, so keep both of those teams in your prayer. But I was just thinking as I was watching worship this morning, it is exciting the way God has blessed and provided so much for us in the area of worship, and that we could have a really significant team, a number of people go to the other side of the world and lead in worship, and we can still make that happen right here on two campuses at at the same time. So I'm appreciative of John leading this morning in the back, the orchestra and choir, and then you saw Andy Connor up here leading us. He's actually, that's who leads our Midlothian campus and so he he's over here today and we said Angela over to Midlow and so we're moving and shuffling but but it all happened didn't it it? didn't Andy do a a great job this morning leading us I remember just here recently visiting Andy in the in the hospital when he was born Uh, so yeah I was thinking as I was watching him, I remember when I first came here, some of you saying, I've never had a pastor younger than me. I'm, I'm starting to feel that now. I know what you're talking about. So, but a uh, great time of worship. Keep those two teams in prayer. Hey, a couple of things going on. Uh, first of all, you may have noticed today down here at our south entrance, uh, the blood mobile. Now, that's that's not unusual. We we have a, a blood donation going on. I think we do that four times a year, quarterly. That's a way of Serving our community, and it will serve our community when we do that today. But something a little bit different this time—that uh, we we are collecting blood for a family in our church. We have a, a young lady that has sickle cell anemia, and if you know, that's a that's a blood disease, and and she has to have—I don't think it's called transfusions. I think it's called exchanges. I don't know what that means, but she needs blood, and uh, so we're we're doing this today for her. And, uh, obviously any matches will, will go directly to that. And, uh, but I, I just thought I would tell you that. I know all of us aren't lining up for giving blood, but, uh, if that's something you can do, will do, kind of a neat thought that the, the blood I'm giving today is gonna go into the body of somebody that worships with me every Sunday. And that kind of a neat thought. So if you've, uh, eaten and, uh, aren't gonna pass out, please by all means, uh, go down there and, and give blood when we're all done. Hey, uh, a couple of things. If you didn't get a bulletin on the way in, uh, I want to encourage you to get one on the way out. There's a couple of things in here. One of them, I, probably just the best way to title it, is Easter. Easter. Easter, believe it or not, is around the corner. Isn't it kind of funny? We know Christmas, I mean, we're getting ready for that in September, right? Easter is, when's Easter this year? You know, but Easter is around the corner a couple of weeks away. And what you'll find in here is a variety of ways that that we as a church family uh, can serve our Lord during this season. You'll see about a thing, we we do this throughout the year, but uh, some special go fishing uh, for Easter, that's where we go out into our community and, and put out invitations for Easter Sunday. Uh, you'll see all the Easter services so that you can plan with your you know, spring break and everything going on. And, and so uh, that's in there. But the big one is our Easter Carnival. Uh, last year was the first time we did this. We did it at Thomasdale High School and had a oh, pretty good showing, about 5,000 uh, turned out for that day. So really a great opportunity for us to, to minister in our community and just provide and create something good there. A lot of ways to be involved in that. I hope you'll be looking for some of those. One really easy way, we need candy, like mountains of it, non-chocolate. I, if you have chocolate candy, you can give that to me but i I think they I think what they 're doing is they 're collecting candy that won 't melt uh, and, and so uh, but look inside there you 'll see all of those things of course you 'll also uh, get some more information about our schedule change that is upon us now this is our last sunday and this schedule new schedule next week be praying about that man we're excited about what that's going to mean in our life groups what that's going to help do and create in here and so be familiar with that make sure you've got friends that come here periodically they know about it and uh and, and just be praying for that and in light of our schedule change i'm calling uh I, i'm calling next sunday our love your parking lot attendant sunday Okay. Uh, they help us get on and off quickly and easily and get parked. I know sometimes you might feel like they're going to make me park a mile further. It's it's steps further, not a mile further. Stop telling yourself that. Uh, but they really, let's work with them. They're going to get us moving and working here uh, as we move on and off the campus. And they they do a great job with that. So, man, we got a lot going on here at the Heights. A lot of things to be excited about, right? Okay. Whew. I. I kind of gave you, I built up to that when I didn't sneak up on you, right? Hey, you know, thinking of of our church today, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to think about church uh, a, a little bit today. Really, the big church, capital C, uh, around the world today and the next couple of weeks, little C, our church. But just let's start thinking about our church for a moment. What is something you love about the heights you just get that thought in your mind that's all i want you to do, just to have them if this is your first time here you're excused from this exercise but but if you've been here more than twice uh what is something you love about the heights hey if you want to share it with the person next to you it's just going to take like three seconds tell, tell somebody next to you what this is what i love about our church okay super like six of you did that all right Okay, now, so we're kind of thinking, hey, this is what I love about the heights. Now we're going to go and and, and we're going to head out into a little bit darker, a little bit stormier waters. I'm not sure this is safe. What is something that's not your favorite thing uh, about the heights? Okay, go ahead. Think about what is something I don't, you know, it's not, I would do it differently. I don't really like that. Please, you know, I don't know if I want to ask you to share that with the person I, I, you know, I just think it would hurt my feelings if I saw like this massive agreement going on. <laughs> yeah, me too! I, 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 I'm very tender right now, okay? So, uh, maybe, maybe we just keep that part to ourselves. Okay, so we're thinking, hey, this is what I love about my church. Maybe this is what I would do a little differently at my church. We're thinking about our, our church. You know, I think I've, I've shared in here several times, actually, uh, that I feel very blessed in life, that I have, really mostly been a part of of good churches. And you fill in the definition of good. Growing, unified, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, doing things in the culture, doing things in the world, engaged, involved. However you would define good, that's really been... Almost my entire church experience, which is a blessing because that's not, that's not always the case. You know, when I think of my, my first church, and when I say first, I don't mean like Wah, that I was born into, but like the one where I became a believer, uh, the one I was born spiritually, and, and that was 2nd Baptist Houston. And man, when I think, what did I love about that church? I loved the youth group and, and the youth director there. Uh, I loved the music. Music was just tremendous at that church. And uh, believe it or not, at, at the ripe old age of 13, 14, 15, I, I loved the preaching. I mean, I, I would look forward on Sundays to to what was going to be said in the sermon and what I was going to learn. And so, I mean, when I think about that church, some very specific, concrete things come in mind and, and mostly positive. You know, it's not that when I stop and think about any one church that nothing negative comes to my mind. I mean, this is true with church, with people, with business, with life. If it's mostly positive, then that kind of shapes your memory, right? I mean, there might have been some negatives in there, but you tend to, those are kind of small and inconsequential. you forget those, and of course, the other side's also true. If, if our experience with something is mostly negative, then the good gets kind of lost in what we remember. And so I was thinking, because I mean, second is still I mean, my, I have family there, my, my pastor is still there working at 81 years old, and uh, just a phenomenal church, and I, I, I just such positive memories. But I worked at it. What do I not like about Second Baptist? I think it's important to work at that, right? You're supposed to say no, pastor, no, but I did. I thought about what. What do I? What was there ever anything? And and I thought of something. Uh, when I was in in high school, they they started this Christmas program, and uh, it, I don't know if y'all have ever seen one of these. It, it wasn't unique to that church. It, it's been done around the country, but it's a. It was a living Christmas tree, and so they would build this steel structure on the on the stage, and like. Like 150 people got into it. Were or ornaments on this tree, if you will, and they they sang. And then there, of course, was all kinds of drama going. I just loved it. I, that to me was Christmas. I loved. And you know, they stopped doing that. Still makes me mad. I, I don't know why they why, why would you. That's clearly how God intended us to celebrate Christmas. Why would you? Why would you not do? You know, I'm going to I'm going to write Dr. Young a sternly worded letter this afternoon. I think. I mean, sure, it was forty years ago, but I think they could bring it back. And uh, but you know what? Yeah, we, we can think of we can think of if we dig a little bit there. But see, that's what I'm trying to illustrate is mostly my experience has been so positive that it's the positive that I that really gets anchored in my soul and my memory. When I when I think about a, a, a second church, and actually there was some other churches between one and two, but. I, that was kind of at a time in life when I was moving a good bit, I'd going to college and then going to seminary and moving around. So I had a series of churches that I was just involved, you know, a year or two, maybe three years at the most. But then that second church I really got involved in. I really loved a lot of the same things as I did about the first church. You know, I, I, I loved the pastor; he's actually one of my best friends, and and the music and certain programs that meant a lot to me or or meant a lot to my family. But something changed in that second church and it was it was something in me it's not that this wasn't available or that this wasn't a possibility in the first church again it's something that happened to me my favorite thing about the church no longer was really just a pastor and his sermon or the music or a program it was the people that the people when I when I think back to first north uh, where, where I was in South Carolina, I, it, it was who I was worshiping Christ with, who I was following Jesus with, who I was serving Jesus. That really began to shape the ministry. And as I thought about that, it is interesting how all of us to some degree, and, 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 and sometimes for our whole church experience, we kind of whittle church down to little more than a, than a sermon and a song. You know, what's church? It's listening to a sermon and, and singing a song. And no doubt, that makes up a pretty big part, but man, that really falls short of what, what church is. And, and so when I think of that second, and I was well into my adult years by that time, I, I think I kind of got to a place where it was the people that I was listening to the sermon with or singing the song with became a, a favorite part. Now, my guess is a lot of you are going to be similar in that, you, you've had a mostly positive experience, good memories at this church, another church, several churches. But I know that wouldn't be true for every one of us. I mean, some of us have probably been in some churches or come out of a church that it, it, it does leave some of those hurtful memories. You know, I don't know if anybody in here has ever been through a church split. Wow, I, I mean I haven't, I have some friends that have and that like that like leaves a mark for life. I mean it you lose friends over that and there's, a, there's an anger and a bitter and, and that now shapes how we look at, at church. Maybe what the church didn't split but I'll bet somebody in here, I, gosh I hope not many, you've been hurt by a church. M- maybe it was an individual in the church, pastors have a good opportunity to do that. Um, maybe it was a, an individual in the church. Maybe it wasn't as much an individual as you just—I mean, the church as a whole. Maybe you went through something significant, and and the church really wasn't there for you. You kind of felt alone in that. You, you know, they didn't acknowledge. They didn't. They didn't help, and so you felt let down by the church. I mean, the truth is, we can have a lot of different experiences from from positive to negative with, with this place. That, that we call the church. But you know what I, I started thinking about. It. it wasn't a random thought. I was choosing to think about it. Kind of in, in preparation for today in this series. It, it just dawned on me. That while we have all of these thoughts about the church. It's amazing how little Jesus makes up of those thoughts. Does that make sense? Listen, it's, it's a reality that light and sound and pastors and music and this program and, and this issue, and th- those are going to impact us. They're, they're going to have an effect on how we look at church. That you can't, that, that's just a reality. But folks, those things should all pale in comparison. They all should absolutely be a very distant second. I mean, literally nothing should shape and impact and influence my attitude about the church more than Jesus. Amen. Absolutely nothing. There's a reality that things are, but I've got to make choices to keep that under control. I am, you are a follower of Jesus Christ, right? My, my job, your job, our job is to love what he loves. Say what he says. Do what he does. Go where he goes. And again, love what he loves. Do you know what Jesus just loves, loves, loves? You know, not everybody loves the church. I, I get that. I, I, I understand that. Uh, You know, I I guess maybe for discussion today, we'll, we'll over here on the other side, this might be too strong a word, but it just makes it real easy balance. We got church lovers and we got church haters. Now you can't put all church haters in the same category because there actually can be very different people. Like one group of church haters, now this would be the obvious one. This is a group of people that, well, they hate the church, Right, you know anybody like that? I, I I hate church. I hate church goers. I hate what y'all have done. I hate what y'all represent. I you know wherever they've gotten their information, and I'm kind of biased. I probably tend to think they've gotten some misinformation. Uh, I, I think they've taken some things wrongly. Uh, but but you know there's just a group that they they hate the church. I'm I'm assuming there's not a lot of those in here this morning. They. I mean, they tend not to go to church, right? Oh my gosh, if that's, if that's you today, I am sorry. Because clearly you have been drugged in here against your will this morning. And I apologize, I'll get done as quick as we can, okay? I, I mean, I apologize for you. Uh, you know, another group of church haters, now this would be not so obvious and would be the exact opposite of the one I just mentioned. The, the one I just mentioned is rarely, if ever, going to be in a church. This church hater can be in church. Every single Sunday. As a matter of fact, I, I kind of wonder, I think probably so, that every church in America has a church hater sitting in it this morning. And again, not as obvious. Well, you know what? They are kind of obvious. You know who they are. You know what they look like. Well, first of all, they kind of they got that look like they've eternally been sucking on a lemon. <laughs> you, so you do know who I'm talking about, right? You, you know who this person is. Forget the lemon part. Uh, This person is one, you see them, you see them, you know, across the concourse or maybe you're getting out of your car and and walking in and you see that person and instantly what comes to your mind is everything they don't like about the church. Because almost every time you talk to them, they're telling you what? What they don't like about the church. I mean, that really, I mean, what do they like about, you don't know that, do you? You don't know what they like. You don't know what they enjoy because when they're talking, they're talking about what they don't. I mean, it's just it's it's almost like why do you stay? I mean, is it is it for Jesus? Boy, that's a lot of miserableness for Jesus. God bless you. You know. So that's the kind of that's a kind of church hater. Now here's another one. I think I think, and probably really a lot of this series is is kind of aimed at shaping. How we maybe look at and understand some of this. But I, I think this other kind of church hater is maybe a rapidly growing group of people in America. And and this is somebody who would say, uh, and you could put a lot of words in front of the word Jesus. I I love Jesus. I'm interested in Jesus. I'm intrigued by Jesus. I, I would like to know Jesus. I, I'm open to researching, to understanding. I respect Jesus. They will put good words in front of the word Jesus, but then they complete the sentence this way. I love Jesus. I'm interested in Jesus, but I hate the church. I, I don't want anything to do with the church. And a lot of times they won't use the word church. What are they going to use? Organized religion. Right? Doesn't that just sound awful, organized religion? It just sounds like something comes straight out of the pit of hell. You know, organized religion. Shh, don't say that out loud. You know, I mean, I mean that those two words have so engulfed our culture with such a negative connotation. I mean, most of us, don't, we don't say, hey, I had a great day at organized religion yesterday. Oh, I've never used those two words. Ooh. You know, but that's what they're going to say. You know, I'm, I love Jesus. I'm interested. But, but, I, but I hate the church. I bet you've heard people say that. I bet you know people that are that are kind of in that category. But what's never seems to be discussed in that is is that a possibility? Is it a possibility to to grow in a relationship with the Lord, to seek the Lord, to to understand the Lord, to walk with the Lord? Is it possible to do that? And hate the church. And let's back off the word hate, because a lot of us in here are going to say, well, I don't, I don't hate the church, but we might, you know, hey, I'm, I really like Jesus. I'd like a more casual relationship with the church. I'd like to keep a little bit of distance and aloofness b- between me and, and the church. Okay, is that possible? Is that a real status? Is that a real environment? I mean, do, do we know? I'm talking to us, the church, the believers. Do we even know where Jesus is on the church? Folks, it is the church that Jesus loves. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 25. You know, actually, if you... Go to Ephesians 5 and look from verses 22 to 33. You'll find a, a passage there. It's not about Jesus. It, it's, it's not about the church. It's about what? It's about husbands and wives. It, it's, it's about marriage. And, and 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 you read that passage it's saying hey here's here's wife and and here's husband what we're calling you the the scriptures what God what we're calling you to be and to do, and how you do that what we're calling the marriage to be it's about marriage but but if you would just kind of imagine god he's he's challenging us men hey here's how you love your wife and this is this is a love it's not going to be like other loves right we've we've talked about that recently that this is that this is a love that you're zealous about you're, you're passionate about your there's there's really not a greater commitment you have on the planet to this love right here this is a sacrificial this is a a devoted love gosh how do i show you oh wait a minute like my son has for the church you see, the Scripture, and talking about husbands and wives, it points to the kind of love that Jesus has for the church. You understand, we're not, we're not saying, hey, hey, Jesus loves pizza, and he loves bowling. Oh, and he loves a good church service. No, it's not that Jesus loves the church because he's a really loving guy and he loves lots of things. No, Jesus has a love for the church that is incomparable. There actually is no second place. There is a devotion and a commitment, even a romance for this place. These people called the church. It's the church that he loves. It is the church that he died for. It is the church that he is the savior of. Ephesians 5.23 even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. You know, when we think about that word Savior, when we think about Jesus being Savior, Jesus dying for our sins, we always think of that in a very individual way, right? Jesus, Jesus loves me. He loves me. I've sinned. I've fallen short. But, but he loves me, and, and he came to this earth, and he, and he went to the cross for me. He went to the cross for me and by his work on the cross, he, he, he reached down and he rescued Randy Hahn out of sin and death and hell. That's my great hope and faith, right? Is it yours? Are you confident? Do you know that that's what Jesus has done in your life? Have you made your life all about Jesus rescuing you from sin and death and hell? Man, that is a very individual thing. I mean, we're, th- th- I'm not correcting that idea here. Jesus Christ died for Randy Hahn. That's an individual statement. But it is an incomplete statement. Jesus died, yes, to save Randy Hahn from sin, death, and hell. But he also died to save me too, the body of Christ. He saved me. He rescued me to be with you. For you to be with me. For us to be together. He's on that cross for this gathering right here. For this right here to happen. He's on that cross. That's what the church means to Jesus. It's the church That he's building. Ephesians chapter 4. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. For the building up of the body of Christ. I just put one verse up here and one idea. This is about people, isn't it? God's given us the people we need to keep us all motivated, trained, and kind of moving in the same direction. We could go to another passage, like 1 Corinthians twelve, that doesn't as much talk about the people that God's provided, but the gifts and abilities, so that the church is healthy, it's strong, it's growing, it's it's moving. The the bottom line here, folks, is the church is what Jesus is doing. What's Jesus? What is Jesus doing this week? He's building the church. Guess what he's going to be doing next week? Building the church. Hey, you know what Jesus is going to be doing in the summer of 2019? He's going to be building the church. That, that's, that's what he does. Folks, it is the church for which he is the head. It's Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the church. I don't know if you've noticed, but several of the passages that have been up here have referred to this idea of, of the head and the body. You know, there's kind of a couple of ways to understand this. One, he, he's, he's our leader, right? He, he's what rules our gathering. He's what rules what we are as a people. He's in charge. He sets the agenda. He's the head. But it's not just, you don't need the word body to understand Jesus as the head, do you? I mean, there's a lot of ways we could express that Jesus is in charge here. Jesus rules here. But it uses the word head and adds to it the body. So let's think for a second about that relationship between the head and the body. It's kind of tight, isn't it? That's a really tight relationship. Don't don't wonder about the science of all this. I'm thinking really simple, right? I I, I mean, if, if you sever this relationship... Do you realize there's nothing? I mean, that right there kind of speaks to this whole idea of can I have a relationship with Christ and, and it doesn't matter. The if, there's a, if there's a severing, if there's no connection between Christ and the church, you actually now have nothing. You're not relating to anything. The head and the body have a really, really close relationship. You know, you, you, you can't call me up and say, hey, hey, pastor, can, I, can we do lunch this week? Oh, but could I just go out to lunch with your head, your body? Not so much. And you, say, you know, what you say that, that's, I mean, that sounds goofy or sounds silly, right? But how often is this relationship used over and over, this illustration? And yet a lot of times that's exactly how we approach Christianity, I want to have lunch with. I want to know Christ. I, I want what he can do in my life. I, I want this thing this way. The body, uh, uh, you, you take it or leave it. No, you don't get to take or leave my body. If you want my head, the whole thing comes together. Right? It's the head. Jesus is the head of the body. Absolutely, totally connected. And folks, it's the church that he's coming back for. It's the church he's coming back for for the marriage of the lamb. Now, in some ways this is going to sound a lot like the the very first point I made, it's the church that he loves. And again, we're right back to this marriage, this husband and wife illustration. But it says, for the marriage of the Lamb. Of course, the Lamb is Jesus. He's the Lamb of God throughout the Old Testament. The Lamb was what was sacrificed for the payment of sins. And ultimately, God the Father had in mind one great sacrifice that would cover all sins for all people. That would be the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, that would die for us for the lamb has come and the bride that's the church the bride has made herself ready i mean folks what is more romantic what is more passionate what is more zealous than the picture the concept of a groom coming for his bride that's where jesus is on the church folks whatever our experiences with the church and it's it's a reality they're not all positive it's a reality. Not everything is the way I would see it or the way I, I would do it. That, that's just a reality. But, but whatever our experience is with the church, do you understand that the follower of Christ does not have the option to walk around mad at the church? To walk around talking bad about the church? To, to stay uncommitted and distant and aloof from the church? That's, that's not a possibility. As a matter of fact, with this growing population of people who show some respect, some interest in Jesus, but, but want nothing to do with the church. I see a lot of people, on, especially on Twitter, which is going to be the undoing of all of us. I see a lot of people, young people, older people, church leaders on Twitter that, that seem to be, I, I guess in our mindset, I'm trying to build a bridge You know, and that's what we're supposed to do as a society. I mean, as a church, right? We build a bridge to the lost. We build a bridge to society. We try to understand where they are. We try to go to where... You understand, God does not command the world to go to church. He commands the church to go to the world... So we're supposed to be going, we're supposed to be building. But I see more and more as there's this interest in Jesus and hatred for the church that there's a lot of church leaders that I think the way they've decided they're going to build a bridge is by agreeing. Yeah, man, you know, the church, that is a bunch of losers. I don't know what God was thinking. Do you realize that's actually what we're saying? Like God made some kind of mistake. Boy, that God really, I mean, he did so many wonderful things, but whoo, he missed it on the church, didn't he? Listen, you're not serving somebody. You're not, you're not serving a lost person that is pursuing an interest in Christ. You're not serving them by coming alongside and agreeing with them what, what a band of losers we are. Now, does that, does that mean that you and I are supposed to leave here today carrying a big banner? We're perfect. We're perfect. No, of course not. We're not perfect. We, we have done wrong. We've done wrong as individuals. We've done wrong as a group. Some of our wrongs are kind of big and have actually had a historical impact. There's a lot fewer of those than culture is leading people to believe. And I find a lot of churches getting sucked up into that lie. Have we done wrong out there? Yes, we have. Are we the cause of all wrong out there? Not even close. Not even in tenth place. We're the greatest source for good on this planet. So you're not serving somebody to say, hey, let me introduce you to the head, but let's just both stand here and shake our head at what Jesus was doing with this body. You can't go out to lunch with the head and say, I'm not interested in the body. That that that's not there. That's that's not real. So that's it for today. That's kind of it. That's the whole very simple idea, right? But I think it's an area of church uh, theology, church ideology that, that is really getting lost. And I think part of it is is because we have reduced church to little more than a sermon or a song that I like or I don't like. And so, what we're going to do? Why, well, that's it for today. No, that's that's not it for the whole thing. We're we're going to come back next week, and we're going to develop this idea of well, what is it we would be so in love and passionate with? I mean, is it? Are is you just the love of your life? You're preacher, and his messages. Now, honestly, if you're asking me, I think that's okay. That might be okay. No, we're going to say, Hey, what what is it that Jesus is so in love with? What is it that I'm supposed to be so in love with? And while we're going to gather around a sermon and a song, that's not the passion. That's, that's not what we're zealously in love with. So we're going to come back next week and we're going to look at Little C. The Little C church, the local church. A lot of these verses up here were about the capital C, the church universal all of us on the planet that are followers of Christ. But you know what? Any idea that I have about the capital C, any love I have for the capital C church is lived out and fleshed out where? The little C church. The actual church that I choose to relate in and, and to be with. So we're going to look at, well, okay, what is it we love here? What, what is it we're committed to and zealous about? And then, and then how we grow that love. Now, you know what? Even as I say that, I, I could almost see myself sitting where you are going, I don't need that right now. <laughs> you know, I, I could, you know what? Could we go back to the bar- marriage stuff and then you encourage there? Or could we do something about parenting? Or I don't know. I just am having horrible, just so much bad news right now. Where do, What does this have to do? You know what, folks? Your relationship with the church has, and I, I think I can say this is true, starting up here. For all of us, we have no actual concept of how much we're missing of the Christian life because we don't understand how important this relationship is to what we experience in Christ. A relationship with Christ is a relationship with His church. Man, if we love Jesus, if we love Jesus, are we not going to think much On what he loves, are we not going to think much on what he loves? So maybe, maybe we leave here today with a uh, a question uh, that we're going to think about, or maybe turn the prayer in. I mean, the question into a prayer. Lord, what do you want me to to think, to to be, to to do, to say, as it relates to this room? As it relates to your church. That's my prayer for you. I I, I pray that we're all kind of bothered by that question. Not in a bad way. But that we're just really would turn that over and over and over in our head. And think, okay, this apparently is a big deal to you. This church place is something you really love. What's that mean to me? What's that mean to me in my life? That make sense? Oh, come on, y'all. We were doing so well there for a while. I know we started slow, but I thought we'd picked up some speed. Ah, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. God, we're grateful for the Capital C Church, the body of Christ that you have made us a part of as we have given our faith, our hope, our life to the work of Christ on the cross to rescue us from sin, death, and hell. And Lord, I pray that we would grow in wanting to know and to be a part of of, of not just appreciating this capital C. But how we live out that appreciation. How we live out that in, in the in the little C. The, the local church that we choose to be a part of. Lord would you help us to think on that this week. Help us to look at, at what our attitude is. How we're living that love. How we're expressing that love. How, how that love is growing. Jesus I want to be. I want us to be. All about what you're about. To love what you love. Oh Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.